Hi, guys. <laughs> Was that the go? <laughs> it's over I, the thing. I think you said the go. What's ah. up, guys? This is Nini. MMA. Nini. With Taz Nose. Jeez, I lost my water. Dude, it's like right behind you. What's wrong with you? I found my water. Really? <laughs> wow. And, well, today's podcast is brought to you by... Dun, dun, dun. No, nobody. No one's sponsoring us, unfortunately. But thank you all for coming back to to this podcast. Yeah, way to come back all late, guys. <laughs> People got to keep up because you talk too much sometimes. They're like, what's up? What, where is he? I just missed three episodes three weeks ago. So Yeah. Well, don't be mad at them. Burpees, go. No. Anyway, um, I would... The purpose of this podcast is to know how to develop a good character. Basically, where this came from, and, and you can start talking about it, is when we were in class, we were wrestling, I think it was on Wednesday or Monday, and you told the class that when you're doing those wrestling drills, you had to pin people. Mm-hmm. And they had, I think, two minutes per person. No, like every partner had about two minutes to pin somebody. Basically, you had him switch between partners, and you did tell you did say that it was a game of grit. Mm. And so, this is where we can talk about various examples and how you have developed your character and how you're using that in your life in MMA and how are you showing that to us through training. And so, this is the purpose of the podcast. Just kind of letting you. Thank talk, you. Talk to it. <laughs> um, well, for me, it, I mean, well, I can't say it started with wrestling because it all starts at home. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the way that we're raised. But I, I, I think the way that we're raised, because it's the only thing that we know, it, we don't understand it, yeah. you know. And I think that's why kids grow up to be kind of rebellious towards their parents. Mm-hmm. And so they see it for themselves. Mm-hmm. So for me, seeing things for myself was through through wrestling in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, even even for that, and I've, I've I don't know how many times I've mentioned it over the course of the podcast. I am who I am as a martial artist, as a human being, based on my experience as an amateur wrestler. Without that experience. I don't, I, I'd be a, a totally different person and it would be a person, I would be a person that, I don't know, maybe wouldn't be as passionate about the things that I'm passionate about now mm-hmm. if it wasn't because of amateur wrestling. And that's why the practices and, and starting the grappling class that we started, I didn't want to call it a wrestling class because, you know, most of the competitions that our people do our submission grappling. Like I don't have anyone that competes in, in amateur wrestling, you know? Yeah. So the way that I run the class is technique wise based off of submission wrestling mm-hmm. or submission grappling. So, but this first month that we've been running it, I've been running it as a wrestling practice because it was the wrestling practices. And I was having a conversation with one of my students about this the other day that my experience as an athlete, I only have amateur wrestling to kind of base up. 
that, that's kind of my base mm-hmm. because that was the first sport that I did. And then I started MMA, mm-hmm. you know, so for amateur wrestling, it was minimum three hour practice a day for six days a week, you know, and the, the wrestling season started in November, the beginning of November and ended in mid January, late January, you know, so for those months, it's six days a week of wrestling practice. So that itself is already discipline. You're building that discipline. Yeah. You know, and I almost died my first day, you know, and I, I, I was so tired after my first day. And, and keep in mind that this was after I tried out for the basketball team. So I tried out for the basketball team on a Monday. Mm-hmm. And then by Tuesday, I was in the wrestling room because I didn't make the first day of cuts. You know, so I went through a three-hour basketball tryout Monday and Tuesday. By the end of the by the end of the warm-up, I thought we were done with the practice because of how dead I was. And then there's like, I think it was Coach Grass that told me he's like, "No, that's it's just a warm-up." Oh my goodness. The warm-up felt so much worse than the three-hour practice of, of basketball tryout. You know, so I knew right away I was in. And on something, and then one of the other wrestlers that I had a class with him, and he's like, "I think you came in on a special day. I think it's Black Flag Day, which is like an intense workout day." Oh. So I thought that that's what that was, and they're like, "No, today is just a regular practice." And so now in my mind, I thought we were done with the whole workout by the end of the warm up, and then I thought it was like a, an intense day, but it's just a regular day. Oh. So right away in my brain, I'm already. Having, I'm, I'm being forced to change the way that I think, Ooh. you know, because I thought that was really hard and okay, I survived it. Now it's just, it's going to be easier from here on out, Ooh. but it wasn't, you know, because the next day, the next day we're going to do the same it, thing, though. you know? So that, that's kind of what I got used to. So when I started MMA and at the time it was two hour practice and they recommended two to three times per week. They recommended and you're like, well, I did six days a week. Exactly. You're like nothing. Yep. You know, and, and it is slightly different mm-hmm. because we have to think about other things in MMA, like the striking and stuff, you know, and if you're sparring, you got to take that into consideration too, which back then we really didn't take too much into consideration brain damage and CTE, mm-hmm. you know, so we were sparring multiple times a week and going for ever, every day, you know, and hard. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it's wrestling, different. you're not getting punched in the face. Exactly. Though. You yeah. know, so wrestling, you can keep kind of a, a harder pace more constantly as opposed to getting punched in the head, yeah. you know, on a regular basis. So, yeah. like, I, I understood the switch, but the character part of it started there, mm-hmm. you know, and the ache, wrestling through aches and pains and, and going through the practices, soreness, you know running stairs for 45 minutes and then coming back for, for live wrestling rounds, you know, that was normal for us. And then at the end of the wrestling rounds, we were running sprints in the wrestling room back and forth, you know, so these were normal things mm. for us. It wasn't like, okay, we're in a training camp, you know, th- this was hard. Yeah. High day weeks and then you're done. Because yeah. in wrestling on like MMA or even in the, in the jujitsu tournaments is like you're competing multiple times a week sometimes you know there, there were weeks where there was a a duel so you would have two matches on uh, a wednesday and then on saturday there was a tournament yeah you know where it was minimum maybe two or three matches that had to take a lot of guts because I, I you know what i think about too 
Do you remember that one situation or that one example where you were in, in college and you did the presentation and your professor said that you were the one that had the most confidence mm -hmm. and you were good at closing those statements in your presentations? Mm -hmm. So when I think about that is because you had already developed that bravery from the beginning. Like a lot of us that experience stage fright, we can't even stand in front of a lot of people because we start sweating, we start getting all mm. nervous and stuff, and we crack, right? Yep. But then you started getting that used to being in front of a crowd, being in front of people when you started wrestling. And on top of that, yeah. you know, little ass singlet, you know? <laughs> you know, so With all these wedgies. <laughs> so, and and that, that was my thing for my first match. I was yeah. so self-conscious about being in the singlet because yeah. I was 108 pounds at the time. You know, so I was really small and, you know, the singlet was uncomfortable yeah. to wear and stuff, you know, so all of that. And you didn't like showing your muscles, right? You, I, you like, we're, uh, we're, we're talking at a time that I barely, I, I hated wearing shorts. The idea of wearing shorts bugged me. So now I'm wearing a singlet, you know, and I used to wear extremely baggy clothes back then to try to hide my skinniness, not thinking that that was making me look even skinnier than I was, <laughs> right. but I used to wear really baggy clothes, you yeah. know, so to go from baggy clothes now the singlet where, you know, everything's showing and now I'm in front of people about to wrestle, you know, in a sport that I just, you know, for my first match, I, I just started learning this sport mm. two, three weeks ago. And I'm already in front of people competing, you know. So, and win, lose, or draw in the, in the dual meets, it didn't matter if you lost, you're wrestling again. And then that my first day of competition, I wrestled three times, you know, so, yes. and that was two or three weeks after my first practice, mm -hmm. never knowing, you know, I, I, I had an understanding that maybe amateur wrestling was going to be kind of close to professional wrestling. I had no idea what to expect, yeah. you know, so I went from not knowing what the sport was to practicing it and learning it for two weeks to competing three times in one day mm. in it. You know, so the ability to kind of learn on the go and just start getting tough real quick happened right then and there, you know, and it was a, a learning experience. In my first match, I lost in less than 10 seconds, you know. That's embarrassing. And it was just, okay, <laughs> that's embarrassing, it was like, but yeah. dust it. Dust yourself off and get ready because you got another match in an hour. You know, after just getting whooped in 10, 10 seconds, I was like, what do you want me to do? Like, how? There, there's no way I'm going to improve as a wrestler in an hour. Mm -hmm. You know, but that was the kind of mindset that I had. You know, in my mm -hmm. second match, at least made it out of the first period. I made it out of the first period. And then we went halfway into the second period. And then I got pinned in the second period. Mm -hmm. You know, but I lasted... You so much longer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, and I scored some points too mm. in that one. Okay. You know, so it was like, okay, maybe you can, you know, and all of this, and it's going to tie together to what you said in, in current days. So it's just, we're going to take a quick time machine trip. Yeah. Um, you know, and from my first match in November to my first win. Probably towards the end of December, maybe early January. I don't exactly remember when. But when I had my first win, it was in a match that in my mind I said, I'm going to win this one. Mm. And it was the first time that I kind of went in with that, 
because I was so tired of being the only wrestler on the team that hadn't had a win yet. Yeah. You know, so I was like, all right, I need to change that. And, you know, I, I did what I did. I couldn't pin the kid in the first period. And then in the second period, you know, Coach Crest is yelling, just do what you did, do it again. Mm-hmm. Put him on his back again. And I put him on his back again, and Coach Crest is about to have an aneurysm or something because he's <laughs> yelling so hard, and I pinned the kid, mm. you know. Lost the second and third match of that day, you know, because I had three matches that day as well. I won the first one, and then I lost the second one and the third one, you know. But why did that happen? How did that happen? And come freshman year to sophomore year, sophomore year where I started winning more matches, it was like, where is this coming from? Because I, I spent the entire off season not wrestling. You know, I, I spent time lifting weights, yeah. try to bulk up, mm-hmm. but I wasn't wrestling. You know, I would here and there do my own drills, but I, I was not making contact with another human being to wrestle somebody. Yeah. In my sophomore year, I started winning more. And it... I just saw a video that I shared on my Instagram story yesterday. I don't know if you saw it. I think it was Sunday I posted it okay. on my story from a collegiate wrestler yeah. mm-hmm. talking about the high school wrestler beating the Olympian. Mm-hmm. And it was a whole video on how that happened. And he basically said that's how important it is to believe that you can win because a freshman wrestler is nowhere near better technically or, you know, stronger, faster, more durable than an Olympian. But you got these younger kids these days that truly believe that they can win. And they truly believe that they are going to win. And that's exactly what they did. You know, and that's what I did for my first match. I put the belief in my mind that I deserve to win at least one match. And that day I did, you know. So this brings up the question that maybe we can have a podcast about, but some people, when when they want to believe it, they feel like the imposter. That's the imposter mm-hmm. syndrome. They feel like if I say it out loud and it doesn't happen, now I sound like a hypocrite. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it feels like, damn, am I even worthy or do I deserve this win? Or do I really like believe it or what? And- and I, I've gone through the same thing, and then I, I still go through the same thing. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I hurt my shoulder last week, you know, so mm-hmm. I, I hadn't been able to lift weights the way that I wanted to. So when I did a little bit of grappling on Saturday, before it was my turn to go in there, I had the same nerves, like, oh, shit, I can't do this. You know, am I going to get hurt again? Yeah. You know, I'm not going to be able to do as good as I did before. You know, so I, I, I still have those things, and, and I think the reason for me, and to get to your question, I put the focus on the work. You know, when I was when I had that first win, I was like, I've shown up to practice every day. You know, I doing my best every day because my my very best is an off day for a lot of the wrestlers that I was sharing practice with. You know, mm. because they had been wrestling for a while. Right. You know, so I had to give everything I had and then a little bit more to just keep up with everybody, Mm. you know? So when it came down to it, I was like, I have been putting in the work. I've been working with good coaches. I've been working with good training partners. Why shouldn't I be able to win a match? You know, it wasn't like, 
I was being lazy. I was skipping practice. I was half-assing practice. And I said, you know what? I deserve a win just because I'm me. I'm showing up. I'm here. I'm here just passing by. I deserve to win just for being here. That kind of mentality didn't cross my mind at all. But the fact that I was showing up, doing my best every single day yeah. to try to keep up with everybody, that's why I deserved at least one win. Okay. that's It's logically speaking, right? Mm -hmm. I think when we get emotional and we start doubting ourselves and start thinking about those doubts and just let that take over our minds, that's where we start allowing that fear to consume us and then we don't try yep right and i think that's where a lot of us freeze and just go back to the puppy mentality like oh i can't do this anymore or you freeze in the moment mm -hmm. and so it's just like that would be something that would we would consciously have to tell ourselves that we got it yeah. and, and looking at it and from that perspective. all of those wins those quote-unquote wins and, yeah. and getting over those things happen in practice there were so many practices. The first time I ran stairs, mm -hmm. I was like, there is no way in hell I can do this again. <laughs> right. You know, Coach Crest was in his 50s and he was out lapping me three times. Oh, my goodness. You and know? He's got hip surgery and everything, and, that man. And, and this was before his hip surgery, so he's oh. doing this in pain. Wow. You know? And just when I thought we were done, they're like, all right, we're going to just take this short flight of stairs. And you're gonna run sprints up and down, yeah. And you have to do it in this kind of time. Mm. I was like, I, how am I gonna do this? I'm dead. We just ran stairs for 45 minutes, and now we're running sprints up and down stairs. Did I'm you bust ever, my shit. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I just thought I know I'm the kids. Did you ever like bitch at your? <laughs> no, I I was too much of a chicken shit to say anything to my coach. Why? Because it was just who am I to? To say anything and to complain, I was like, every, one, everybody else is doing it. Nice. Okay. Two, they've done it. Three, I have one of the coaches doing it with me. <laughs> right. And so I have no excuse to not do this. Mm, okay. And and to that point, it was even to the point where there was a miscommunication between the coaches, where this was I was still a freshman, where my freshman coaches made a decision that I wasn't going to participate in one of the tournaments, and. They told me, just go and check your weight anyway. Not weigh in officially, check in your weight during the school day before we got on the bus to leave. So I got on, on the scale. Obviously, I wasn't at weight to wrestle because my head, my main coach told me, you're not wrestling. And then one of the other coaches saw, he's like, you got to go talk to the, to the head head coach, yeah. the varsity coach. And in my mind, I was like, why? He's not my coach and I'm not wrestling today. Mm -hmm. But me not wanting to stir shit up or say anything, went to go find the varsity coach, told him how much I weighed. He chewed me up. <laughs> he was, you know, it was during lunch, you know, and during lunch they opened up the basketball courts so people can play basketball and stuff. And they always had teachers there. Mm -hmm. And he was there and I told him. And, you know, he called me a fat ass. <laughs> Oh, he gosh. told me that I was still going to wrestle that, that day. I was just going to wrestle at a higher weight class. And he chewed me up for what I, what I ate the night before and, and this and that. And he's like, that's a horrible idea. What were you thinking? And he's yelling yeah. at me in front of a bunch of people. And I'm taking it. And it, yes, sir. Yes, sir. I understand, sir. 
And I went to go wrestle at a higher weight class that day. How did and, your body feel? Do you remember? Or maybe it's not too too far from I But we, you were I, probably really hungry, right? Because you yeah. still had to starve. You know, so yeah. when, I, when I saw Coach Kress, he's like, why are you wrestling? I was like, Coach Piketty told me I was wrestling. <laughs> he's like, did you make weight? I was like, no, that's why I'm, making, that's why I'm wrestling. He's like, wow, that doesn't make any sense. I told you you weren't wrestling today. I'm here, <laughs> you know, and I I went on to wrestle, and I did. That was this was this all happened before my first win that year, and it was that match that I actually started believing that I could win because it was a heavier weight class, and I did not do horrible. Mm. I put points on the board, and I got pinned in the third period. But you still fought it through at yeah. least each period. At that point, that was my longest match. Wow. You know, so in my mind, I was like, All right. and again, to the original question, who am I to bitch? You know, these guys, I, I'm trusting these guys that they know what they're doing and they know why they're doing it. Mm -hmm. So if they tell me I'm going to wrestle at a higher weight class because I missed weight, even though I wasn't going to weigh in that day, it's yeah. like, okay, you know? Because that was at the time that I was wrestling at 112 pounds, and then I was our 103 pound wrestler got injured. He broke his arm, and they wanted me to drop down to 103. But because I was so small, they're like, I, we weren't 100 sure that I'd be able to lose the weight to make 103 pounds. Oh. But the, that was not communicated with the rest of the coaches. But I still just took it. And that was, I think, that was the right thing to do because. You didn't just want to go there and not do anything. Mm -hmm. I think the amount of hard work that you put in, you kind of want to use it, right? Yeah. But sometimes what I think about is like sometimes in MMA fights, sometimes people feel like all this work was for nothing. Mm. And it's really not true because you've gained a lot throughout the fight camp, throughout the training camp, throughout the training sessions. But if you didn't value those training sessions or took anything from them, mm -hmm. then you are really wasting your time. Yeah. You know, in, in, in that match that I wrestled at a weight class higher was um, the only match that my parents missed. Mm. They went to every other match that I had. Mm. But that's because I wasn't supposed to wrestle that day. There's the only reason that they missed it. Mm. Did that impact you in any way? Like, did that make you feel it any way when, when your parents weren't there? Or uh, you're just no. Like, you're just, you're, you're mm -hmm. just taking it. You're like, okay, well, at this point, might as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that was something that you had to go through for yourself mm -hmm. for you to even realize that you had something in you. Because after that, I always made sure I was on weight just in case. <laughs> right. Scared the you heck know? out of you. Yeah. And, and it was something that, that built up is again, it was, I was a freshman, mm -hmm. but the, the junior varsity coach at the time, coach Stevens, he was a smaller guy like me and he took a liking to me and he would work with me even though he was, junior varsity mm -hmm. and he would talk to me see how i was doing and stuff and then for the the last tournament of the the season for my freshman year um <laughs> i went to the bathroom before the official weigh-ins to try to poop out because i was a little <laughs> bit over and so i went to go try to poop some a little bit of weight off you know and i ran into coach stevens he's like do you make weight i was like that's what i'm trying to do here is, is drop the the last 0.2 pounds that I got to drop here, you know, and then I weighed in and 
you know, I, I made weight and wow, coach, that poop helped. coach Stevens put his arm around me and he told me that he was proud of me, mm. you know, and I had just made weight, you know, and then when I went out for my match, coach Crest and coach Ferraro, who were the freshman coaches, had other people that they were coaching and I didn't have anyone in my chair. And that's when coach Piketty, the varsity coach that yelled at me came to sit in my chair and he hadn't talked to me since he yelled at me mm. and he came to sit on my chair and he coached me through, and that became my longest match because I that one went all three periods, and I only lost by two points. And so I guess what this is the part where we can maybe explain to the people that are not familiar with wrestling. I mean, you talk about it in your podcast. A lot of people know that you wrestle. You can explain, you know, the point system and all. But basically, some people don't understand like that that little example where he said he's proud of you. And mm. in, in other words, a lot of people question, why do you have to lose the weight? You know, like, mm. why, why be proud of someone if you're losing the weight, you're depleting, you're not pretty much, you're, you're losing weight to compete. Like that mm. sounds crazy to some people. And, and unfortunately, if it was up to me, like even with MMA, it wouldn't happen anymore, but it's yeah. Joe Rogan has said it too. It's the, it's the legal form of cheating. Mm. Um, you know, because, and I, I experienced kind of both sides of that wrestling. Mm -hmm. Because in my second day of competition, I wrestled a dude that was huge. Wow. And at the time, I was still, I was still wrestling at 112 pounds. And I went up for the match, and I, I see this giant kid Jeez. that's across from me. And even the referee looked confused. And he looked at me. He's like, 112? I was like, yes, ask that fucker. Yeah. And he, went, he asked that kid. He's like, 112? And he's like, yep. This kid picked me up, walked around the mat a little bit, and then put me down to pin me. Oh, to the point where I came back and Coach Ferraro told me, do not worry about that at all. That kid was a beast. He was a monster. Don't, don't take this as, as a, a loss or anything like that, blah, 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 blah. What? So I was like, what the fuck just happened? You know, because oh he was huge. Yeah. Fast forward a year. You know, I finished the freshman season at 105 pounds. Um, wrestling at a, the 103 pound weight class. Fast forward my sophomore year, came back heavier, spent the whole off season lifting weights and yeah. eating a lot. So by that time, I was a legit 112 pound wrestler. Mm -hmm. And there was no 112 pound wrestler on the varsity team. So they put me on varsity. And that's how I collected a lot of forfeits. And then I would wrestle every once in a while. And there was one day, the junior varsity coach Stevens, Came up to me. He's like, Loud, you got a match today? I was like, I, I don't think so. I don't think there's anyone at my weight. He's like, how much do you weigh? I was like, I'm 111 pounds. He's like, hold on. <laughs> and he goes and he walks over. He talks to some people. He talks to the other coaches from the other schools. And then he called, he's Loud. And I look over and he gives me the thumbs up. <laughs> So I was like, what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> and then they, you know, I warmed up with the team. And then I'm just waiting to see if I get my name called and if there's anyone that's going to be in front of me. Mm -hmm. And they called me up. And I got on the mats first. I had my, my headgear on. I put the little, the whatever. I don't remember if I was red or green, but I put the little ankle bracelet on. And then I see a little-ass kid walk up. And he puts the other ankle bracelet on and the ref looks at me and, and, or looks at that kid and he says, 105? 
<laughs> and Kit says, yep. And he looks at me, he says, 105. And I look at Coach Stevens, and he gives me the same thumbs up. I was like, yep. <laughs> He's like, okay, Russell. And now I had six pounds on the kid. And then I picked him up, and I Aww. put him down, and I pinned him. Oh, he said little ass kid. At that point, I understood what happened to me the year prior. That coaches worked on something, and they gave the big kid, and they told him, you know, yeah. just say you're 112 pounds to the referee, and you'll be fine. Damn. <laughs> and then, but it's, it's and so, then I, yeah. Coach Stevens was even like, you weighed 106, right? I was like, 111. He's like, 106, right? Oh. I was like, yeah, Coach, 106. <laughs> so, I've been on both sides of it, you know? So yeah. shit like that happened. And it's just, it is what it is, you know? But yeah. I mean, and, and I guess that's where maybe a lot of people don't see, but it is a struggle enough to gain the weight sometimes and mm. to drop the weight. Yeah. So even despite the, the weight cuts, it's a struggle just to even go through that process. Yeah, because when, when you're 105 pounds, 108 pounds, 111 pounds of just skin and bone, it's yeah. like you can't <laughs> you cut drop? the weight like everybody else, you know? Yeah. So it's legitimately not eating for days. Because that's the, uh, one of the issues that we run across with, with Leo, right? And it's one of his fight camps. Yeah. Because he was like, he was, um, th he had too much muscle on him, no? And then... What was he dropping? Well, Leo, he had no fat on him. There, there was one time that Leo dropped 30 pounds for, for a fight. Yeah. You know, which was, I, I thought was insane for an amateur fight, but he figured it out, you know. But, you know, that in itself, like learning how to push yourself to the limits of a wrestling practice while not eating to your full potential, yeah. it, it, it's hard, you know, and wrestling such just such a tough sport in general with the practices and the competitions and and the lack of knowledge that people have of it you know so you're you're wrestling out there for nobody there's like no spectators barely any spectators it's just, right. just friends and family of, of the wrestlers and stuff you know but i remember having those conversations because my dad never wrestled and he'd be like you know, it looks like you just give up when you're, oh, man. when you're, when they put you on your back, you know, why don't you just stand up? How dare you? Right? I was like, oh, you're right, dad. Let me try that next time. I didn't think of that, <laughs> you know, but it it is a lot harder than, than it looks, yeah. you know, you, you watch it on, on TV. I've been watching a lot of it now. Um, and yeah, from the outside, it looks like you just, just stand up, you know, yeah. but when you're in it and you got someone that knows what they're doing, that's not so easy. Yeah. You know, so that takes us all the way back to how this conversation started with you and I about that that drill that we did in practice last week, mm -hmm. you know, where I said it was a game of grit, you know, because at the end of the day, it's we changed it a little bit because I in in wrestling, it's just your shoulder blades. Your shoulder blades have to be down for one second and you got pinned. Mm -hmm. What I did in practice was five seconds, either both shoulder blades. Oh, no, no both shoulder blades and your tailbone mm -hmm. on the floor for five seconds. Mm. And the reason I did it that way was because I don't want to say it's easy, but it's easier to keep either your tailbone off the ground and just put your shoulder blades there or keep your tailbone on the ground and keep your shoulder blades up, mm. you know? So it's going to be constant movement for the person on top that's trying to pin the person on the bottom and the person on the bottom that's trying to 
keep those those points of their body off the ground. Yeah. And it becomes the only way you're going to really win that Don't is stop. if someone gives up. Mm. You know, so that's where the grit part came in. Because that's what wrestling is. Wrestling is a lot of grip because sometimes it's not pretty and you're going to do what you have to do to get that person on the on the mat, you know? And that's kind of the way that I grew up with the sport. And, you know, with my MMA coaches later, it was a similar concept. We, you know, Anthony always talked about looking like a dump truck as opposed to a Ferrari. Ferraris look nice, but then they don't have the same pulling force or the same pushing force as as a dump truck, you know? And they're as durable as a dump truck, yeah. right? Yeah, you know, yes. so that, that that was the kind of mindset that continued for me even after wrestling and into MMA. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just, it just reminded me, like, one of the drills that you also made us do that was related to that was when you put the cone in the middle and then you had to run around that cone no, with, Matt, the sprouts. with the sprawls. Oh my God, that one was the hardest shit ever. Because that's the other one. It's, uh, and Zach and I had a good round with it. Mm-hmm. And Zach understood that right now his conditioning is better than mine because we were going at the exact same speed. Yeah. We sprawled at the same time. And we shuffled Literally. around at the same time. And it was. He has exploded. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We, we almost cool. took the, the same amount of steps to get all the way around the area that we were getting around. And Zach told me after, he's like, I knew I just had to outlast you. (laughs) And that's what he did, you know, because after, you know, about 30 seconds to 45 seconds, I started slowing down significantly. He kept that pace and I started slowing down and that's how he caught up. He didn't have to go faster. I just slowed down. Mm. So he was just, he just had to be patient with it, Mm. you know, because he knew my conditioning wasn't there and he was going to outlast me. And that's how you sometimes got to find out what works and what doesn't, your weaknesses, your strengths, mm-hmm. and literally just being patient with yourself. Yep. Wow. Well, that's awesome, though. Um, in that year between, well, a t- couple of years between MMA, well, actually the second year of wrestling, and then before you got, I think you didn't do anything after that, right? And no, then you so did the two I, years after that and then went to I ended my, my I ended my sophomore season. That was 2008. Mm-hmm. Um, January 2008, I had my last wrestling match. So I was a sophomore. You were a sophomore in college. Uh-huh. In and then I started, I started training MMA my senior year of high school. So what did you do in the time between? Did you do anything? Been did you work out? Lazy. and I, I lifted weights. I kept okay. lifting weights. And then it was maybe... See, even then you were still active. Yeah. So that's also another thing to consider. Like you always remain disciplined no matter what. Yeah, you didn't do this wrestling, but mm-hmm. you were always consistent with your training by yourself. Yeah, I was lifting three times per week. Yeah, you. And then you I would I would hit the treadmill, stuff. the treadmill or the elliptical. You ran. Back then, yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. Back then, yeah. I, I would lift weights three times a week, and then I'd be on the elliptical or a treadmill twice a week mm. for about 20, 30 minutes. So it wasn't a whole lot that I was running, but yeah, you were still very active. <laughs> but I was doing something, yeah. yeah. And then by I think September of two thousand and nine, um, I had started hitting punching bags. Mm. I didn't know what I was doing, but and this I, is how did you learn that? I I just I mimicked what I saw in the UFC because I started watching the <laughs> UFC a few months prior, and I just I would just try to copy whatever I saw. Oh, you know, so I would kind of I would hit the bag. Because my uncle had a bag that he wasn't using, so I, yeah. I grabbed that. 
I put it down here in the basement and I just, I started punching, you know, and then I would try to remember some of the wrestling drills that I would do and I would do the wrestling drills and then I'd punch the bag. I do the wrestling drills. I punch the bag until I decided to finally take an MMA class. That's funny. Um, there was a question that a person on my Instagram and he asked, he's like, how do you start? Because I posted about like some, some of the things that I wish I knew before MMA. Mm -hmm. And so he's like, how do you start? I'm like, start what MMA? He's like, yeah. How? He's like, I want to start, but I don't know how. But the simplest way is to get find a gym because basically, mm -hmm. I mean, if you want to do it on your own, you can literally just start. You just get some gloves and go to the gym. Yeah. But then if you don't know what you're doing, you're not... You know, it's just, if you legitimately want to learn the sport and not just yeah. do it for a hobby or for cardio, then then find find a good coach. A you good know. coach, so that's a better yeah. You know, and gym. because I didn't know what I was doing. Yeah. You know, I was just punching the bag, <laughs> and then I found a gym that didn't have the best coach, mm. and I was there for a year and a half. But I was just like, okay, whatever he told me, I was going to take it. Yeah. And once I found victory and realized that there were better coaches there, mm -hmm. I just listened to them. So I had yeah. to, I just dropped everything that I had learned prior and just started putting everything that I, that victory was telling me because I trusted them, mm. you know? So if you're going to do it on your own, just be ready to make adjustments when you ask for help, Yeah. you know? Yeah. Cause you, you will, sometimes you need to unlearn to learn, right? Yeah. And learn everything all at once. Yep. And that's that's also part of maybe you can also talk about like building yourself through you know victory that you had a lot that discipline you had a lot of good discipline in you but you also had a lot of ego so basically you know taking that aside and just making sure that you are willing to learn mm. you know being coachable mm. in in the time where was it the wrestling that you started being coachable? Or was that through victory or how did you develop that? Um, yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd like to think I was always coachable. You've always uh, been coachable? Yeah. From, you know. Despite them yelling at you? Child, like yeah. yeah. I mean, because that's what I understood a coach does is like he's going to yell at you, mm. you know. But um. I like to think I listened to my parents for the most part as a child. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was just as I got older, maybe I stopped listening. Yeah. A little bit more, a little bit less. Um, you know, but when it came to athletics, it was like I wasn't an athletic guy, mm. you know, so I didn't know much about athletics. So who am I to think that I have the say in anything? Mm -hmm. You know, I'm with these coaches and then even more so when I started MMAs because now I'm paying these people. Yeah. To teach me to do this, how? Why am I not going to listen to them? Yeah, you know, and it was just something where, like, when I started with Victory, I thought training a year and a half prior someone else, somewhere else, and then wrestling in high school was going to give me some kind of advantage. Mm -hmm. Until I got my ass kicked, and then I was like, you know what? I think I need to start listening to the way that they do things around here. Right. You know, because yeah. the way that I'm, the way that I was training before, and the things that I thought were the better ways to do things ended up not being that way, mm. you know? So I had to be responsible enough and open enough to understand that those things needed, needed to change. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm glad that you were able to see that for yourself. You know, some people need to be told 
and but some people don't listen just mm-hmm. by that you have mm-hmm. kind of have to live it for you to learn yeah so now that you see your life now would 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 there be anything that maybe you wish i mean i'm not talking about regrets more like that you maybe you wish you could have done a little more of i wish i would have wrestled more i know (laughs) like yeah i guess i mean that could have been it but maybe as as for your character for yourself um something that maybe you could have worked on a little better (laughs) if not then it's it's all good it's all good no i i just and it has to do with my quote-unquote regret of not finishing four years. I, I wish I would have seen in myself that I was capable of doing everything that I wanted to do. Mm. Because one of the main reasons I didn't want to wrestle anymore is because I started making friends outside of wrestling, and I wanted to spend more time with them. Mm. You know, But if I would have known then better time management, mm then I would have been able to continue to wrestle and still hang out with my friends. Mm -hmm. But in my mind, I had, if I dedicate the next three months of my life to wrestling, I'm going to lose my friends. Yeah, you you sacrifice wrestling for your friends, essentially, yeah. Out of all those friends that I sacrificed wrestling for, I only talked to one of them Mm -hmm. (laughs) to this day, you know? So it was, was it worth it? I was like, eh. But everything happens for a reason, so I try not to think of those things. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's, but... it's nice for at least some people that are growing in the sport, that are young in the sport. Mm-hmm. So at least they can learn from, I guess, past mistakes from you or from anybody in general that has done the sport for a while. Mm-hmm. But at least if they have these lessons, it's something to keep in mind. Because I was just getting better my sophomore year at wrestling. If I would have stuck it out and, and then Coach Stevens was taking over as head coach. Yeah. By the time I hit junior year, you mm-hmm. know, so it would have been with a coach that actually liked me and wanted to help me. Yeah. You know, so I could have learned a lot from him. Yeah. But isn't it funny how because you went through that, now you see how involved you are with wrestling. Yeah. Now you watch amateur wrestling matches. Mm-hmm. Now you actually take the time to study them. Mm-hmm. And you see yourself doing these things in, in the grappling sessions. Yeah. And now you're actually living what you wanted to do all this time. So it's not something to feel bad about because now, not saying that you feel bad, but I mean, yeah, you probably regret it, but now mm-hmm. you're doing it. Yeah. You know, you so know, that's, and- it's always nice. And that's kind of the, the redemption side of things. Like, yeah. I, I want to do wrestling justice, you know, because yeah. I talk shit about it for a long time. I quit it, you know. <laughs> so it's funny. like now is like yeah, watching the grappling tournaments and seeing my students, the ones, you know, because I never took a pure jujitsu class. I've only yes. done pure wrestling, you know. So the way that I teach and the way that I train people is based off of that. And to see the people that kind of take that style of training and take that fighting style that's based off of wrestling and i see them win like dominantly or decisively yeah i was like okay i'm doing something right you know and then when coach crest comes to visit and he you know compliments someone's wrestling and when dan severin came in and he complimented people's wrestling i was like okay i'm doing the sport of justice you know because it i wouldn't be who i am without amateur wrestling i couldn't continue being and growing without mma but wrestling is that foundation for me Mm. in mma you know the way that i train the way that i think about the sport the way i strategize for the sport it's all based off of wrestling Mm. 
the discipline is off of wrestling because six days a week, three hours a day is no joke, you know. And when we had tournaments or meets at Loyola, we were the ones that had to set up the mats. So we'd have to go early to set up the mats. And then we'd leave later because we had to you know. roll up the mats after that. You know, wow. so we we did all that, you know, and now when I, I, I don't think of anything else when people, you know, we, we clean the mats ourselves. We don't have the students clean the mats. When I started training MMA, we didn't have mops, you know, and we just had towels or old T-shirts that we would soak in water and bleach and we'd get on our hands and knees and we'd scrub the mats, mm. you know, when I first started MMA, yeah. you know, and now it's Carla, you and me that. Mop. Mop after everything's over, yeah. you know, and I don't complain about it. I don't, I don't think, see it as, okay, I own the gym now. We need to go back to having the students clean the mats, but it's, that's just not the way that I think. Yeah. And it's nice. At least some of them volunteer too. Yeah. Times, but yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, I'm glad that you're, you're showing that philosophy and then you're sharing that with the classes. I think a lot of people are create, are having a good solid foundation too. That even for the students that have gone to other locations, many of the coaches compliment them on their wrestling. So yeah. it's always nice mm -hmm. that you're you're showing that foundation. Awesome. Well, thanks for that. Awesome. You're welcome for that. Thanks. But uh, thank you guys for listening, and thank you guys for those who were MIA for a little bit. I see you guys. Some of you came back, so thank you Yay. guys for finding your way back to the podcast. We were almost pulling the plug on it last week. Uh, but we are back. Um, you can follow along on our social medias in between po uh, podcast episodes. You can follow Nene on Instagram at Nene underscore MMA underscore CMM. Yep. Subscribe to her YouTube and Patreon at Nene MMA. Okay. And then you can subscribe to my YouTube at Taz Knows. And then also, what's the other one? All social media platforms so at Taz MMA underscore fitness. So thank you guys again for listening, and we will catch you guys all back next week. Bye.